everyone, and a very warm welcome to Grow Your Own Way, a podcast for anyone looking to reclaim the power of their own personal growth and be exactly who they want to be. I'm your host, Kevin Roberts, and I'm a coach, learning and development professional, and growth geek who genuinely gets joy out of helping people become the best versions of themselves. Throughout this podcast, we aim to give everyone the belief that there is no one right way to grow, and hopefully we will inspire and motivate people to forge their own paths and in turn, live a life that is true to them. In today's episode, we look to share the message that self-awareness does not have to mean self-criticism. When we look inwards, it can be all too easy to just go down the rabbit hole of only focusing on our weaknesses. So we're going to look at some lessons that I've learned over the years to really help us reap the benefits of being self-aware. So, if you're ready, let's get started. So, today's episode stems from a conversation that I had recently with a friend. Uh, And amongst other things, we stumbled over the topic of self-awareness. Now, this is a topic that I've discussed on previous episodes, uh, especially the ones where I talk about emotional intelligence. And I often say that it's it's arguably the biggest contributor to my growth over the last few years. And and that's exactly what I said to my friend. I gave examples of how I believe I'm a better friend, a better colleague, a better person, all after I took the time to, to really reflect and look inwards. And the reason this conversation just keeps sticking in my mind is because of the reaction that I got. And my friend's response wasn't one what I was expecting. They actually said that they avoided self-awareness because they didn't want to know how bad they are. And that was a fascinating reaction to me. I'm obviously someone who fiercely advocates self-awareness. So when I heard this negative opinion, I I just had to learn more. And talking with them, the, the point that they were making was that whenever they tried to look inwards, whenever they tried to be aware of their abilities, their behaviors, their reactions, all they found was negatives. The whole exercise just turned into a bombardment of self-criticism. And, and you know what? After, after listening to them, I, I got it. I, I completely understood where they were coming from. And I'm so grateful to have that conversation, not just because it gives me a topic for the, for the podcast, but because it gives me a completely different insight into how people can view self-awareness. So I just wanted to record a quick episode, mainly just to share some of the lessons that I've learned over the years that have helped me with my self-awareness and really allowed me to avoid falling into the trap of self-criticism. But I guess we should begin with a very quick recap on what self-awareness actually is. And to be honest, it does exactly what it says on the tin. It is being aware of the self. It's being aware of our behaviours, our traits, our reactions. It's being aware of our values, our skills, our feelings. It's being able to recognise them retrospectively, and it's about being able to recognise them in the here and now. So this could be looking back and reflecting on how we behaved or reacted in a certain moment. It could be understanding how people or situations make us feel. And it could be identifying what mood we're in before we start a new task. Now, I know people who are absolutely wonderful at looking back and reflecting, but maybe lack the awareness of the here and now. And you can normally tell because they they tend to focus a lot on hindsight. And I know people who are very aware of how they're feeling at all times, but maybe a little less aware of the impact they're having on those around them. And all of this is self-awareness. And and I suppose that the goal, for lack of a better word, is to consistently be self-aware, to consistently look inwards and ask yourself questions about your mood, your behaviours, your abilities, your reactions, just being aware of yourself. And this isn't just my opinion. I mean, there's plenty of research to show that people who focus on self-awareness and who take the time to look inwards are happier with themselves, happier in relationships, They're more confident, make more solid decisions, more successful at work, and are better communicators. Now, I I could go on and on about how amazing it is, but if you're anything like my friend and have not experienced the benefits yet, 
you may very well be dismissing what I'm saying. So hopefully these three lessons that I'm about to share will help you frame the exercise differently and hopefully help you benefit from being more self-aware. And the first lesson that I learned about self-awareness is that it relies on balance. It is looking at both our strengths and our development areas. It's looking for what we excel at and where we can grow. Now, when I first started to practice self-awareness, I very quickly looked at everything bad in my life, very similar to what my friend did. I just simply got a pen and paper out and just tried to capture my thoughts. And I even think I wrote the title as What's Wrong With Me? I mean, that's not really the best start. And then I just went for it. I went hell for leather and identified every possible weakness that I had, everything that was wrong with me. Now, after I'd finished, if you had asked me at that point what I thought about self-awareness, I would have just bitten your head off. I would have told you how demoralizing and how demotivating it was. But that's because I wasn't looking through a balanced viewpoint. Instead, I was letting my negativity bias take over. Now, we all have this. We all have negativity bias. Our brains are just better at spotting things that can go wrong. And this isn't a weakness. In fact, I think it's an evolutionary survival tactic. Our fight or flight reflex is always on the lookout, always analyzing situations and looking for threats. It's why we can so often misinterpret situations because we were designed just to look for what can go wrong. Now, to bring this to life, I'd like you to kind of think of some examples. So try to think of a time where you have been asked to review your own performance. So this could be in a yearly review at work or after a presentation. Maybe you've just walked off stage after a performance or maybe you've just taught a class. But I'd like you to get that experience in your mind if you can. Now, after that experience, hopefully someone would have asked you how it went. And see if you can remember how you responded. I'm going to take a guess that you've listed the things that could have gone better first. And once again, if that is you, you are not alone. It's that negativity bias taking over. I have coached people for many, many years. And I can more than likely count on one hand those who, after being asked, how do you think that went, listed off all the positives first. It is not a common trait. Our negativity bias just controls how we respond. So how do we get around this then? How do we adjust our way of thinking to give a more balanced answer? Well, if, if we know that negative bias exists, why don't we try rephrasing our questions? So instead of asking ourselves questions that allow for those negatives to come first, questions like, how did that go? What do you think? What if we started to ask questions that force a more positive answer first? So I've noticed myself asking questions like, tell me what your favorite part was. Tell me the part that you really smashed. Or possibly my favorite one is which bit were you most proud of? I love that question. Now, the point of asking questions this way is not just to get positive answers, but it's to get balance. Being self-aware means finding the things that you do well or that you are amazing at, as well as those areas for growth. And what I've noticed, and you know what, what I'm 100% sure there would be research to back this up somewhere, is that those who start their self-reflection or their self-awareness exercises with a positive question or focusing on the positives first will remember that experience as a far more pleasurable one than those who start with negatives. So the next time you work on your self-awareness, remember how important balance is and just begin by asking yourself what you're good at or what went well in any given experience. So that's the first lesson. So the second lesson I learned in it to help us kind of avoid that spiral into self-criticism is to avoid thinking in absolutes. And boy, I was terrible at this, I really was. What I mean by thinking in absolutes is if I made one mistake or I was weak in just one specific area, that meant I was dreadful at everything. So if I give you some examples, um, you, you may see how similar it sounds to any part of your life as well as I, as I talk you through them. If I look at a relationship and I made a mistake or I let my partner down once, 
instead of looking at it as that one issue and addressing that one issue, I would think in absolute and say, that's it. I'm a horrible person. I'm a terrible boyfriend. I must be dreadful. They're going to break up on me any minute now. At work, if I made one mistake, then that was it. I was useless at my job. I was going to get sacked any minute. I even did it in things that were supposed to be a hobby. So if I was playing, for example, pool and I made one particular bad shot or I lost one game, then that was it. I was the worst pool player in the world. Now, I know for a fact that I'm not alone in that way of thinking. And to show the impact of that way of thinking, I'll refer you to an earlier episode that I I recorded called How Belief Impacts Success. And on that, I talk about our outputs and how they're directly impacted by our ways of thinking. If we think we're terrible or no good, then our behaviours will mirror that. And then guess what the outcomes we're going to see? It's a self-fulfilling prophecy. And this way of thinking can get quite dangerous. People begin to think in absolutes, not just of one area of their life, but as their whole life and them as a person. And I mean, I've heard people say, I'm a horrible person because they've made a mistake. Or say, I'm a failure because they've missed one target. And this way of thinking, it's heartbreaking to listen to and it's debilitating to experience. So the lessons I've learned about how to overcome this, it comes from a few sources, really, uh, especially therapy sessions. They, they talk about this a lot. And it's to put your thoughts on trial. Now, I may have mentioned this previously, but I honestly do challenge people to do this. And it works. If you if you ever have an absolute thought, consider how well that thought would stand up in court. What evidence do you actually have that that thought is true? And what evidence do you have that it's not? And if we use my examples from before, so if I say I would make a mistake at work and think, that's it, I'm terrible at my job. I'd say I'd have to leave or they're going to sack me. But what evidence did I have behind that? Well, yes, I made a boo-boo. I mean, that's obvious. We can see I've made a mistake. But am I terrible at my job? Well, look at all the other evidence. So 99% of the rest of my work, I was, I was great. I was getting wonderful feedback. I'd had promotions. I was working on special projects, coaching people, mentoring people. I had a happy team. So all of a sudden, when I put that absolute I'm terrible at my job thought on trial, I had way more evidence to disprove that than I ever did to kind of back it up. Um, And I did this, I genuinely did this exercise not so long ago. Um, Someone said the words to me, they were a failure. And to me, that's just a red flag to a bull. Um, I was no way I was going to let that go. It wasn't a coaching session. It was just someone made that flippant comment. So I I, I feel sorry for them because I kind of latched onto it. But I asked them to put their statement on trial. What proof did they have that they were a failure? What proof did they have that that absolute was true? And they, they couldn't really give me too much. Maybe one or two things that they tripped over or they failed at. But then I asked for all, all the things that disprove that. So if I'm trying to disprove that you're a failure, tell me all of your successes. Tell me everything you've done well, everything you've achieved. And you'll never guess which list was longer. And by the end of that conversation, it only lasted about 10 minutes. But they're able to say, OK, I failed this time, but I'm not a failure. And it's just the power of getting out of that thinking of absolutes. So the next time you do think in an absolute like that, just think, would this statement stand up in court? Look for the evidence for and against. And I am incredibly certain that the case for your negative absolutes would be thrown out of court in a heartbeat. Uh, So that's two lessons. So my third lesson that I'd like to share is to understand how self-reflection benefited me. I mentioned earlier uh, in today's episode about the benefits of self-awareness, but they were very generic. And at the time when people talked to me about self-awareness, I didn't really understand how it would benefit me specifically. Yes, I could find my strengths and identify my weaknesses. I could build plans and set goals and targets. But I was missing one core element, one core question. Why was I doing it? And it's such a simple question, but oh my word, is it powerful. 
And I remember talking to a friend, a very good friend of mine, actually, on this topic recently. And if we go back a few years, I was ridiculously defensive. I mean, any criticism that came my way, whether it was tiny, massive, friendly, no matter what, I would just react and react strongly. Uh, I knew it was a development area because it was always the magic of hindsight. It's like, maybe I shouldn't have acted that way. But I just didn't have a strong enough why to fix it. Um, and until, let's say, a few years ago, my friend and I sat down and we looked at the ways that this defensiveness was holding me back. And she was very clever first. She did it. So she just talked about my career. Um, was I becoming stagnant? We just sat over a coffee and we realised that I was putting up blockers at work. I was missing out on opportunities because I refused to acknowledge my own fault. And then we got onto the fact of how it was impacting our relationship. Every time she tried to give me feedback or maybe she pushed back one of my ideas, I took it personally and I would lash out. And not very kindly either. So I was losing two different ways there. I was missing out on the growth, but I was behaving appallingly to someone very dear to me. And all of a sudden, I just had this clarity. During my self-reflections, not only was I aware of what I can improve on, but I knew why I wanted to improve on it. I knew all the ways in my life it would benefit, and it would, I would knew the people around me, how they would benefit as well. And that moment was, was so powerful. I, I don't think I can ever explain just how powerful it was. I don't even think I could tell that friend how grateful I am because the impact that that conversation had on me and still continues with me is incredible. Every time something goes wrong, every time I see a development point, something I can prove on, I don't dismiss it. I don't react. I just simply ask, well, how will I benefit from that? How will the people around me benefit from that? And, and try it yourself. Uh, and remember, this doesn't just have to be about like development areas. It is important to stay balanced. If you're a great listener and someone tells you you're a great listener, well, how could that help you in the long run? Why would it be important to kind of focus on that and enhance that as well? Um, if you want to improve your communication skills, how could that help your relationships? And you can kind of keep going and keep going with this and just think, actually, how am I going to benefit? How are those around me going to benefit? And it just makes the exercise of self-awareness just so much more powerful. And once again, these aren't just my thoughts. If you read any book on setting goals or creating habits, there are chapters and chapters dedicated to finding your why finding the why to give you the motivation or the inspiration to succeed or to change. And when you have that motivation to be more self-aware, you find it infinitely easier. And there we go. There are three quick lessons that I've learned to help improve my self-awareness. And I hope you do benefit too. But before I finish up, I wanted to share just a last thought with you um, about uh, the self-awareness activity. And it kind of defines whether you embrace it or whether it's one that leads you down a dark path. And, and to bring it to life, I, I want to share a story. And I've, I've used this story throughout my entire career. But I heard it recently on a film. I think it was The New Mutants I, I heard it on. And it just kind of brought it back to my, my consciousness. And I thought, you know what? Today is it's a timely reminder. I just want to share it with you now. Um, I'm, I'm going to paraphrase it, but you'll get the gist anyway. So the story goes that a grandfather tells his grandson that inside us all are two wolves. And they are fighting it out. Now, one wolf represents uh, anger, envy, regret, arrogance, guilt, resentment. And the other wolf represents joy, peace, love, hope, kindness, empathy. And the grandson asks his grandfather, well, which wolf will win? And the grandfather simply replies, the one you feed. Now, I've always loved this story and you can use it for so many different aspects of your life. But for today, bring it back to, to, to self-awareness. I'd love for you to think about which self-awareness wolf you feed. Are you going to feed uh, the wolf all of your negative thoughts, all of your insecurities, all of your self-doubts? And you're going to let that wolf thrive? Or will you let hope win? Will you feed the wolf with joy and possibilities and opportunities? Will you look at all the ways that you and those around you 
can benefit from you being self-aware? Will you choose freedom from self-criticism and will you use self-awareness to really grow your own way? And there we have it. That is the end of today's episode. Like I said at the beginning, being more self-aware has really had an impact in my life. So I truly, truly hope that you find as much benefit from today's lessons as I did. And I would love, absolutely love it if this episode just reminded people to go easy on themselves. Remember that self-awareness is about balance. Don't just focus on the negatives. Try to remember all of the things that truly make you amazing people. Now, if you have enjoyed today's episode or any other episode for that fact, please remember to like and subscribe to the podcast. Uh, And why not share it with someone as well and see if they enjoy it too. As always, if you have any thoughts or comments or questions for me, you can find me on LinkedIn uh, or you can search me on Instagram by the handle official grow your own way. So I just want to say thank you so much for taking the time to listen in today. I really am grateful for each and every one of you. Uh, I hope that you all stay safe and well, and I will speak to you on the next episode of Grow Your Own Way. Goodbye.